picture or a video may be worth a thousand words, but sometimes a bigger story is not always told. We are a program dedicated to telling you those stories with analysts and opinions from those that go beyond the lens. We are AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of AllMonster.com on tracks Beyond the Lens. This week we will be talking about crew and crew chiefs and how they are important to the monster truck industry. This week we will bring in Ed Horman near the home of Bigfoot in O'Fallon, Missouri, as well as Dustin Hart from Nags Head, North Carolina, about a 40-minute drive down 158, the home of Gravedigger. Guys, we obviously have had sort of a revolution in the monster truck industry with the last 10 years with the advent of scored and judged freestyle, and that hasn't just affected the way that we watch monster trucks, it's affected the way that the people behind the scenes have been viewed. Uh, that brings us to crew guys, the people that work behind the scenes tirelessly on the monster trucks for little or no recognition. Now, that's changed in the past couple of years, guys, like Scott Douglas. Uh, you know, Some of us have even started bringing up more and more how important it is to have the people that work on the trucks get the recognition, get a few interviews, get a few thises and thats in in exchange for their work on the monster trucks without these monster trucks you know flying high and hard you know the crew guys wouldn't be as hard pressed but the fact of the matter is that they do and this is a great topic to discuss on a show here like beyond the lens first question is first what do you guys feel about the evolution of the sport in regards to how much more work the crew guys have to put in on any given truck. Uh, Robbie, I think, you know, the natural progression of the way the sport was going, it was just going to the way that crew was, we're going to have to get bigger crews and, and have a crew chief and stuff like that just because of the way that we were running them. Like you said, we're running them harder. We're going bigger with the jumps and stuff like that. So you're going to need people to help you uh, behind the scenes and do things with your setup. You don't want to overdo yourself. Uh, you just want to sit there. You want to be able to drive. You want to make sure you have somebody else there that can maybe work on the shocks or tr- or do something gearing or whatever. But uh, I think it's good because of that reasons right there. Yeah, it's uh you know the role of a crew chief has really increased over you know time here because you know with safety regulations and everything, you know there's a limited amount of people you can have moving around on the floor during an event, especially in some venues. You know it's really difficult to do that and with uh, the trucks being more exposed to, uh, you know, the on-track elements. So, you know, having somebody that's really reliable, quick to work, and be able to diagnose and recognize any potential problems with the truck is really vital. That's definitely a good point. I actually speak from a little bit of experience as far as the crew thing goes. I am either around it or involved in it a little bit. Um, Definitely you know, just a hack as far as a crew guy goes. But every once in a while, I do get the opportunity to uh, knock a few tires around. But I am uh, I have been privileged enough to see the real good guys, the guys that can go in there and diagnose and fix a problem, as Dustin mentioned, uh, in minutes. And that's what we're talking about is minutes. Uh, I was, again, you know, privileged enough to be able to watch some of these guys work at the recent Minneapolis Monster Jam on November 13th. And some of the things that you don't get to see are some of the most important things in a show. Uh, An example would be, uh, you'll see it when it comes out on speed, but uh, 
Lindsey Wink had some rear steer issues uh, throughout the night, almost up until freestyle. In his qualifying run, he he qualified very well, but about halfway through his run, the rear steer cocked to the to one side and stayed there. And um, Bill Easterly Jr., the crew chief for the Blue Thunder, had to, in between rounds, in uh, literally a matter of maybe four or five minutes, go down there, fix, figure out what the problem was, and fix it so that Lindsay could run uh, the next round. And this happened again in the next round after it was fixed and straightened out. Then they finally got a little bit more time, and it was uh, it was a constant battle for a little while. But they got the they got the operation you know fixed. They got the whole deal fixed, and Lindsay went out there and had a good freestyle before he rolled over. So it's a it's a situation where if you don't have a guy like a Bill Junior, like a Dustin Brown, like a Brandon Lambert, a Beaver, um, you know he he's those guys are the ones that keep the trucks running. You know it's it's obviously a matter of talent behind the wheel once the trucks do get fixed. But if you can't diagnose a problem and fix it, you're not allowed to run a broken truck out there anymore. And these crew guys are invaluable for all the stuff that they do. And not only do, but do quickly. If somebody sat me down in front of something, chances are I wouldn't be able to fix it in four minutes. You know, And that's what these guys get paid for, and they do a fantastic job. You cannot underrate what they do. Had Bill Jr. not been able to diagnose and fix that problem, Blue Thunder would have been out for racing, and Lindsey Wink is one of the best racers on the planet. Here's a question I have. You know, we're seeing a lot more crew chiefs in the Feld organization become drivers. Eventually, when some of these higher-profile crew chiefs become drivers, do we have anybody else that can be up and coming and replace your Dustin Browns or your Brandon Lambert? Well, that's one of your issues, and that's that's a, a fantastic question because it used to be where guys became crew guys in order to learn the trucks so that they would be better drivers. I did an interview with Phil Foster a long time ago, and uh, at the time he was driving maximum destruction for Tom Mintz. And he said that the way that he became uh, at the level of driving that he was was knowing the truck. If he made a jump and something felt funny in the front end, um, he would know more than just something feels funny in the front end. He would be able to look down there and say, well, it could be the kingpins, you know, coming loose or, or something's wrong there. He would be able to sort of diagnose the problem in his head based on the work he's done as a crew guy while he's sitting in the seat driving. And that ability is a very rare uh, commodity to have. So the problem in making crew guys drivers is that if you don't, if you don't keep some of the crew guys around that are, that are excellent at what they do, then every time that you make a crew guy a driver, you can weaken a team. That's why Dustin Brown is where he is right now. He has made it clear that he wants to be a driver someday. And he's got an opportunity every now and again uh, in the Europe tour. But when Big Daddy Dennis Anderson's on the track, uh, he is in the crew. Um, Dennis Anderson has been adamant about having him, having Dustin Brown be his crew chief until he's done. Uh, now, Dustin obviously you know, enjoys and supports that, but he also wants to, to have an opportunity behind the wheel. So th- these kind of problems are things that we have to deal with more and more now. Do you keep a guy on a team as a crew guy, or do you make him a driver? I would say right now the value is in the crew guys with the expansion of the sport, with, with how many new trucks are being built 
across the board, whether it's Monster Jam, whether it's Checkered Flag, whether it's Monster Nationals, whatever the case may be, a lot of people are getting new iron under underneath them. As a result, there needs to be more crew guys to work on stuff, and it's a little harder to promote a driver from a crew. It used to be easier. Now it's harder. Another interesting thing I think we can bring up here is, um, you know, we've mentioned the bond that some guys have with their crew guys, like, you know, Lindsey Wink with Bill Easterly Jr., Dustin Brown with Dennis Anderson, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, chemistry is a very big thing because, uh, you know, not only knowing, you know, knowing the mechanicals of a truck is one thing, but when two people are able to communicate what they think may be going on or what something may be a problem, and they're able to understand each other is, you know, it could be the difference in making the call for a racing round in freestyle or sitting on the sidelines. You know, uh, you know, some guys, you know, have bounced around a little bit, had different guys underneath of them. And, you know, it's difficult at, you know, January 1 every year to sit there and explain, you know, maybe you explain things differently than your new crew guys used to or something like that. That's why having a long-standing crew chief or somebody that you've been around for a long time is really, uh, it's almost priceless to have. Uh, You know, Tommy Powers and Steve Sims really, uh, they have a great relationship and they're able to communicate very well to each other, you know what they want the truck to do, how they want the truck set up, and what they expect of it. That's definitely a great point. Uh, it's it's similar to the team chemistry in any of the professional major sports, basketball, baseball, football. If you're got, You can have the most talent in the world behind the wheel or behind the wrenches, and if they don't connect, if there isn't that chemistry or that good relationship that you mentioned, Dustin, then the team is not going to do as well and reach its full potential. Dennis obviously is, has been known as a great driver, as has Tom uh, Mintz with Maximum Destruction. You know, and it's interesting to me that it seems for every great driver now there is a great tr- crew chief behind him, and that can make the difference. It's never to discount any of the driver's abilities, but if you don't have somebody that you can rely on behind you, uh, you know, whether it's a Brandon Lambert, a Dustin Brown, whatever the case may be. Uh, then you're not going as far as you possibly can. You know, uh, Damon Bradshaw always gave gave credit to the late great uh, Jesse Barden. Uh, some of you may know him as Twig for doing a great job there. And uh, the team chemistry was in question this year for that. And uh, Cody Saucier came in and did a fantastic job. He was honored at uh, the USHRA, the Monster Jam uh, Summit in Virginia Beach recently for his work this season, he had a tough job to fill, uh, not only from an emotional standpoint, but from a, uh, a, a crew standpoint. You know, he he had a situation that nobody would envy, but he came in there and did a fantastic job. Damon had another great year as far as the monster truck side of things, and he was honored at the banquet and well deserved. You know, uh, he built chemistry very quickly, and uh, you know, just as he did with John Seasock. And that's another point there. Seasock had never been able to win a uh, a championship of any sort in Monster Jam before he had the crew chief in Cody Saucier and uh, you know Bill Easterly Jr. at the time as well was on that team. They did a fantastic job, and uh, Seasock won the World Racing Championship two years in a row. It may be a coincidence, it may not, that the following year uh, Cody took uh, a leave and went to a different team. And Seasock did not win. You know, there's obviously any number of factors in that, but 
when you're comfortable with your crew guy, you're obviously going to go out there and, uh, you know, run harder, run, run the way that you want to, because you know that somebody's going to be able to turn the wrenches and fix whatever goes wrong. Yeah, having the confidence in somebody that's working behind you uh, can really ease a driver's mind, you know, especially on a weekend where you've got, you know, multiple back-to-back shows in a case where I can recall earlier this year when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for a Monster Jam event, um, had two shows that were really close back-to-back, and uh, Jeremy Slifko and Backdraft and uh, Andy, his father and Eradicator, were st- uh, looking to get some work done on both of the trucks and of course they both were stuck signing autographs for a prolonged period of time and you know having a crew guy like Guy Luckinbill who was with the team over the winter and uh, parts of the summer you know he was able to get everything wrenched on get everything tuned up and make sure that you know by the time those guys came back for the, from the autograph session that those trucks were ready to go once the lights came down for showtime. Definitely you know that's that's a that's the thing you say stuck signing autographs. I mean, they, they love doing it. Don't get us wrong. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a case where sometimes, like you said, there are two shows back to back, or even if you have a major amount of damage on say a Sunday show. And if you have to be, you know, take one of those long road trips, uh, there is a grind to the first quarter of, uh, the new season every year. You know, I, I remember when I was, uh, privileged enough to crew for Charlie Pocken and Frank Kreml. Uh, we did a stretch where we went from Council Bluffs, Iowa to Anaheim, California. And if we had broken some major parts in Council Bluffs, uh, it would have been almost a disaster because you have to make a, a trip of a thousand miles or more. Oftentimes you need to be there, whether you're an independent or a corporate truck, uh, in any promotion, there are displays before the shows. And uh, sometimes you have to have a display on a Wednesday and if you don't leave out until midnight Sunday and you have to travel across the country, there's not much time to turn things around and get things fixed. So the, the role that crew guys play is absolutely invaluable, whether it's between shows, uh, you know, multiple shows in a day or between, you know, from one week to the next, sometimes there's not much time to turn something around and you hear Dennis Anderson, you hear Tom Mintz, you hear, Almost everybody now is talking about their crew chiefs, their crew guys. Uh, Got to give credit to Scott Douglas. Uh, he, he's talked about this more and more and tried to bring it into the public, you know, general public's conscious that there are some guys and girls even behind uh, behind the wrenches that deserve some credit here and uh, more than a little credit, a lot. You both make excellent points. I agree with you. They definitely need to be get the credit they deserve now let's go on to the little setup what do they do setup wise to each truck well i think first and foremost a lot of people don't realize that there is there is room for a little bit of flexibility with these with the trucks you know if you really get into it there are a lot of things that you can switch around on trucks and at any given show um i mean i was surprised when i went to las vegas and was privileged enough to help out the sudden impact team uh, there with with John Zimmer running running in the World Finals, there were a lot of there was a lot of discussion even on a track that's been run eleven times now, um, you know once a year for the World Finals. Even on a truck that's been run that much, there, there was still so much talk in the pits about what people were running for gears, what they were doing with tires, how they were approaching the track and approaching the turns. And you know you would think that eventually 
everybody would sort of have the same setup if the layout for racing was the same. But uh, that's not the case. People people still try out a bunch of different stuff and uh, see what works. You never know when you're going to hit on that winning combination. But you have an idea as a crew guy. Um, that's what they pay you to do. You you find that setup. You know your knowledge of uh, you have your knowledge of mechanics and of how the trucks work. And that's where you make your money. If you if you switch to the setup, if you make the call along with your driver to switch to a certain setup. And it and it does well for you, then uh, you know that makes or breaks your night right there. Uh, I can remember in Minneapolis too with the uh, with the slip goes with backdraft. Uh, Jeremy made the call to uh, do a have a certain gear setup so that he would try to get more wheel speed in the turns and not spin going around the turns. And uh, you know it, it it was an up and down thing. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But he knows next time. When he tries X setup, he's going to get Y result, and that's important. You know, you have to play around with it sometimes. You have to experiment. Uh, other times, you can go with what you know. And when Freestyle came around, he switched the gears back to a different combination, and uh, obviously that did fantastic for him. You can check out the video there on All Monster Videos on YouTube. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an important thing to have a setup that you trust, but it's also important sometimes to go out on a limb and uh, have the crew chief and the driver agree on what the setup is so that the driver has confidence in that setup. You know, Rob, you bring up a good point. What what are some of the things that we could, you know, that crew chiefs and crews could change between racing and freestyle? Well, a lot of times the discussion happens even the day or uh, the day before an event or on the road on the way to the event. You know, sometimes you got 700 miles of road away, you know, away from the event. Um, you sit there and, you know, in the case of the drivers that do travel with their crew chiefs, uh, they'll sit there and discuss setups and possibilities and things they want to do when they get to the event. And, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, in traveling with Mark Schrader and the Devastator and the Felon team, you know, a lot of times he'll, he'll want to, you know, sort of empty his brain and, and bounce ideas off of, uh, off of the crew guys and, and see what they think about certain setups and see if it matches up with what he was thinking, you know? Uh, that's the advantage of having people that have been around the trucks for a long time. If you have a rookie crew chief, you have somebody that's a little newer, then yeah, you have to teach and you have to to discuss things with them. So, as far as um, things that are discussed a lot, uh, regardless of team and promoter and everything else, uh, I would say you know tire pressure is pretty streamlined. Um, if you want to get more power to the ground but risk parts a little more then you have a lower tire pressure. Uh, it depends on the surface of the track as well. Uh, the, 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 those are the things that you, you look at first and foremost is, you know, do you need a lot of wheel speed or are you looking for, for uh, you know, a lot of top speed? What, do, what are you trying to do? If you're in a smaller arena, then, you know, if you want to get good wheelies, say, for freestyle, then your suspension might want to be set up a little stiffer. So you got to look at shocks. you got to look at tires. you got to look at gear combinations, um, you know, those are those are things that come to mind immediately for me. Those are things that are discussed a lot. You know, how much pressure do you put in the shocks? How much how much air pressure you put in the tires? Uh, you know, what needs to to be worked on as far as the truck? You know, if if did you notice something the previous week that was a little shaky that you need to tighten up? Uh, maybe you need to check a couple of Himes. Maybe you know you have to diagnose as Dustin mentioned earlier. You have to diagnose a problem. Uh, whether you're a driver or a crew guy, 
if a driver feels a bad vibration, he knows it could be a number of things, but you have to pinpoint what it is. If you feel a vibration and it just happens to be a loose heim, then that's a lot different than, you know, something, something like, you know, a kingpin being loose, something like that. So you have to run through a lot of things and the time spent before the show is what makes things happen during the show. You got to look over every truck from top to bottom. Uh, I'll be honest, some guys do a more thorough job than others. And those people that do the more thorough job, I've noticed, are the ones that don't break as often during racing or freestyle. One thing I want to touch on is uh, something that you had kind of mentioned a minute, a minute ago earlier was, um, you know, having a uh, you know newer crew guy, you know, being able to, you know, work with an experienced driver or something like that. Um, you know, one situation I think it's overlooked is, is um, a new driver being put with, you know, a good, experienced, knowledgeable crew chief and the benefits that it can have for a driver. The one example I think of when you bring this up is going to be Larry Swim. Uh, I think it was two, yeah, two years ago when he first joined the Bigfoot operation, they gave him Jim Kramer to be his crew chief, and he followed around for the whole year when he was with CFP. And I know with talking to Larry, that was one of the best things they did because Jim went over every nook and cranny of that truck and showed Larry what he needed to do, what what different things would do if he set it up certain ways. And, you know, that's a big thing for new drivers to new organizations, getting that crew chief that might be experienced with the new driver so they know what the truck, what that type of style of truck's going to do compared to the old, to the style they're maybe used to or wherever they're chem- coming from. I know for a fact, talking to drivers that have been new into the game, that having that experienced crew chief has helped them tenfold. Yeah, and, and, and in the case of Larry Swim as well, he was no new, he was no newbie to the uh, to the driving scene. He had driven uh, before, I believe it was for Paul Schaefer, and uh, you know for some other teams as well. So he, he was, as you spoke about he he has a different beast in bigfoot to uh get behind the wheel of and jim kramer has the knowledge of the bigfoot operation of all the trucks and um you know jim's kind of an interesting case as well because he went from you know working his way up to being a driver from you know going to going to be a crew chief uh to being a driver to stepping away from driving and is now back in that crew chief role i think you'll see that happen when uh when people's bodies can't take driving anymore, they will go back and be crew guys. I can think of several guys that do a great job from the seat right now, from still driving, teaching new drivers. Uh, the first first one that comes to mind uh, is Charlie Pocket in Gravedigger, and uh, you know from from the Excalibur days on, he has uh, been sort of the standard for some of the new guys coming in and driving uh, to look up to. And it seems almost every year now he's paired with a new teammate on the road uh i've seen paul cohen i've seen candace jolly all the people that have come through and been teammates of his uh have learned something from him frank carmel's another one uh you know not which is not to say that these people were not good drivers beforehand but i think that they left uh being charlie's teammate after they were done with that they took a lot away from that and uh you know the same thing can be said for jim kramer there and uh i would venture to say now Dustin, a case that's a little more local to you, uh, I would say Darren Miggs has had a great career so far with Bounty Hunter and uh, with Bigfoot, and now he's got the opportunity to step into the Stone Crusher team, and he has a lot of knowledge at his disposal 
you know, from his from his own knowledge, obviously he does a great job to begin with. Now he has even more brains to pick with Tommy Powers and with Gary Wiggins, with some of those people behind behind him. It's a, it's interesting that you bring up Darren and his uh, and you know the Stone Crusher team and you know um, the whole Monster Trucks Unlimited operation. You know, you've got Darren moving into uh, a new uh, a different chassis, and you know he's going to be you know venturing off under a new name or whatever. But he still has to get used to the parts that are on that truck. And uh, you know, another interesting element this year with the Monster Trucks Unlimited team is is they have a rookie driver in the seat of Mopar Magic, as you may know, Morgan Kane as a stepped in since October. He's done a fantastic job so far. He's had limited, you know, crew experience, but you know, Morgan having uh spent this time, you know, here in the last few months getting to know his crew, getting to know what to expect around showtime and how they're gonna handle certain situations when they come about, it's really gonna be invaluable whenever we get to first quarter here when they have, you know, they're going to be on the road for three months, and they're going to be doing these shows, so many shows, that you know, him being able to build a relationship with the crew and getting to know how you know, they can communicate and you know, make sure the truck's set up right, make sure they fix any potential problems, or they know how to diagnose situations. Definitely, and Morgan's in a great situation, and that team is well-established and has had lots of practice fixing things, not because the uh the the trucks can't handle things but because they're run so hard and so well uh you know eventually parts are going to wear out and uh so they've had a lot of practice they've had a lot of uh situations that they've conquered already and uh that can only help a rookie driver's confidence as far as saying okay well you know what if i if i mess up and accidentally i you know roll over or something the guys are going to be behind me they're going to have me back out there and Steve Sims, as an owner, has been known to give anybody who's hot behind the wheel of Mopar Magic or Stone Crusher the green light to uh, run as hard as they can. And that sort of frees up a driver's mind uh, from talking to these guys. I, I've, I've had any number of conversations with drivers that have said uh, that their confidence is boosted by one of two things, an owner giving them the green light or their crew giving them the green light. And uh, either one of those things is great. And if you have both of them, then you are boosted immediately. You have a little more freedom behind the wheel. Uh, you don't take dumb chances necessarily, but you may take a, a chance, try something different behind the wheel, and if it succeeds, it'll boost your confidence even more. I think Morgan has an opportunity to do a great, great job this year because of those two things. With the way that crew chiefs and crews have evolved now, would it be easier for a, a driver to step in nowadays or maybe 10 to 15 years ago? Well, I think if you're looking at that time period, the first thing that jumps out to me is that 10 to 15 years ago, freestyle was uh, little to none. You know, uh, We've had 11 world finals, and I count the world finals era as when freestyle really started to take off and the technology really started to adjust, as well as there being more crew guys around and harder, harder work to be done on the trucks. Uh, I think I think we reached a point for a while where uh, racing was pretty well down, and freestyle has uh, sort of catapulted the the need for new equipment to be made, stronger equipment to be made, and uh, you know uh, more things being tightened up, more things being checked out as far as parts and as far as turning the wrenches. So I think it's harder to work on the trucks now than it used to be. Um, 
but where if we're talking about when it used to be, uh, it was just racing. So uh, freestyle has catapulted the sport as far as popularity and as far as work done on the trucks from the crew person standpoint. I would say overall, um, it's sort of a not a pick your poison, but uh, if if you tried to break into the sport. Uh, 10 or 15 years ago, there wouldn't have been as many spots available. And I think if you tried to break into the sport now, there's a little bit more of an opening. There's a little bit more of a chance there, but there's also a lot more work to be done. Um, and you have twice as many events. Uh, you have twice as many competitions within those events. You have wheelie contests, racing, freestyle, donut contest at these smaller places. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of work to do behind the wheel. That's a lot of different things to learn. And that's a lot of work for the crew guys as well. So if you're a driver trying to break in, um, you know, you have to look at those things right away. Those are what pop into my head. You bring up an interesting point earlier when you mentioned, um, you know, now that we have the freestyle competitions and the wheelie competitions and the donut competitions, you really there's more opportunity for seat time in a given in a, just a single event as compared to, you know, in the past where it was pretty much just strictly bracing. So, you know, drivers are able to get more seat time in less time. Um, you know, when you're out there on the track for 60 seconds in a small arena freestyle versus, you know, maybe five seconds spent, you know, total in one race in a small arena. So it really, you can learn a lot more now, I think, in a quicker amount of time than you could, say, 10, 15 years ago. I definitely agree there. You know, uh, it there was one time... I remember I was uh, back in the back, you know, before a show, getting ready to help somebody out. And somebody asked Lindsey Wink, you know, basically, where did he come from? This was during his great racing winning streak where, you know, he won multiple TV shows back to back to back. And uh, they asked him, you know, how did he get so good behind the wheel? And one of the things that he said was, well, if you have. 80 shows a year and 80 and by shows he means competitions uh then you're going to get pretty good because you're going to have a lot of practice and that's not to discount anybody's abilities but uh there's a shred of truth to that there is you know if you if you only run 20 times a year as opposed to the guy that runs 50 times a year that guy that runs 50 times a year and and learns from it is going to catch up as far as ability and as far as practice behind the wheel and that's invaluable. So that's that's a that's a nod to the uh, the current era. Uh, if you break in now, then you're going to get more practice. Chances are. To go along with your guys' point, I see what you're saying, and to tie it along with what we're talking about with the crew chiefs and stuff. You know, with the veteran crew chief making sure that the equipment lasts, they even get that much more longer seat time than what they would with the less amount of shows, like you guys are talking about. Uh, so, you know, having that veteran crew chief or someone around that knows how to make sure that truck stays together is another key component. All right, guys, good points all around. It was a good discussion this week. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion of crew chiefs and their effect on the sport. And we would like to hear from you guys. So hit us up on Facebook and go in there and type in your search bar, allmonster.com on track. And leave us a post on the message board. Leave us a comment on there. And uh, we want to know what you think. So. Let us know what you think is is the best crew chief in the sport right now, who you think is the best crew chief in the sport. What do you think of what our comments? We want some uh, crowd participation. As well, you can check us out on YouTube at 
www.youtube.com backslash all monster videos. For Dustin Hart and Ed Horman, I'm Robbie Hot. We hope you've enjoyed this week's AllMonster.com on track, Beyond the Lens. Hey guys, be sure to check out AllMonster.com client, Sudden Impact Racing at www.suddenimpact.com. It's home to Sudden Impact, Excalibur, Amsoil Shock Therapy, Cold Energy Activator, and Red Cat Racing Ground Pound. Check it out. Head on over to www.backdraftmt.com for 2009 Rookie of the Year and 2010 Rising Star Award winner Jeremy Slipko's Backdraft Monster Truck. Would you like a professionally made website done by All Monster's Finest? We can make you a website to fit your client's needs. Check us out at allmonster.com and click the contact page. Get a hold of us and we will do a great job on a website. And that's it for this edition of the AllMonster.com Beyond the Lens. On behalf of everyone here at the show, please tune in next time and thank you.